Welcome to a late night edition of the It's Cavalier podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Man, what a game tonight. Our Cleveland Cavaliers took on the Sacramento Kings in a game that felt really important to get off to a good start, and especially with De'Aaron Fox returning to the lineup for the Kings. We know how important he is to the offense there. We also know how fast this Kings team has operated in the past, and while they aren't necessarily playing with as quick a pace as they have in recent years, they still fly, man. They came into tonight ranked 24th in overall pace of play, but the return of Fox was sure to boost that. The Kings are three-point happy like Golden State. They're top three in three-point attempts per game and top seven in three-point makes. So keeping them off the offensive glass was definitely going to be important, especially considering that they are top 10 in both offensive rebounds and second chance points. You do not want to give them extra possessions to work with because they will absolutely make you pay for it. We've seen that aspect haunt the Cavs time and time again over the last uh, two seasons, you know, whether it be the battles against New York uh, tonight or against Golden State, the offensive rebound is of key importance, especially for teams that shoot the three ball so fucking well, man. Um, they managed to keep the Kings from hurting them on the boards for the most part, as the Kings only pulled down four offensive rebounds in the first half, but simply couldn't stop. The Kings from scoring, man. It, it was frustrating as hell. I, I'm not going to lie. The Cavs won the overall rebounding battle, uh, 39 to 37, where, you know, which is a pretty low total for both teams. But you won't have a ton of opportunities to get boards if guys just flat out aren't missing shots. And that's exactly what happened. They were scoring at will both inside and outside. Sacramento literally shot 59% from the field, including a blistering 47.6% from three-point distance tonight. You absolutely cannot allow a team to complete nearly half of their triples and expect to win. You just cannot do that. Uh, no matter how good you're shooting, it just usually it's not going to result in a victory. Uh, Demonis Sabonis terrorized them throughout, finishing with a near triple double by totaling 23 points, nine rebounds, and 10 assists, in addition to being super efficient as he was eight of 10 from the field and I think only committed maybe two or three turnovers. He remains one of the best passing big men in the NBA. The, the man is just so. So damn multifaceted as an offensive hub. He really is. Um, I mean, and honestly, he's not new to giving the Cavs problems as he averaged uh, 16, 10 and four against Cleveland uh, over the span of 20 games prior to tonight's game. Uh, so obviously the Cavs knew what they were dealing with in regards to Sabonis. He's, just, he's not new to this. It, it, he just isn't. He had 16 points, five rebounds, and five assists in the first half alone. And what really caught my eye, honestly, was the way in which he was able to out-physical the Cavs bigs inside, especially the starters. He was absolutely dominant against the starting pair of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. The only one Sabonis couldn't necessarily bully was Tristan Thompson. And, I mean, to be honest... You know, although we consider Tristan to be the true backup five now, you don't really want that to be the matchup, right? Because Tristan offers very little on the offensive end. Um, but again, I'm not mad at double T for that. Um, it's not necessarily something that it's not a matchup you should really look forward to and say, hmm, Tristan Thompson's our best option against the bonus. No, you don't want that to be the case. 
Um, you know, Sabonis was also really, really impactful moving the ball as well, whether it be from the top of the arc or inside the paint, uh, you know, grabbing a loose board and kicking it back out, which often seemed to be uh, that happened with frequency tonight. Uh, Sabonis remains one of the best passing big men in the NBA, as I said, and, uh, you know, being as as talented and multifaceted as he is, they can run the offense through him in ways that other teams just cannot. Um, we we like to we we've seen some semblance of that from Evan Mobley, where you can kind of run some some actions through him and whatnot, and allow him to facilitate. But Sabonis, man, he he's in a category up there. He's he's not Jokic level, but he's definitely a higher tier than anything we can offer. Right now, I just I can't I can't really, you know, lie about that. It's just just the the reality of the situation. And the worst part was, man, the worst part was it was it it was not just him. The Cavs allowed four count them four, one, two, three, four players to score 20 or more points. That just cannot happen. It, it, It can't, man. Where's the defense? Um, You know, I laugh to prevent myself from crying, honestly. Uh, Keegan Murray, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, and of course Sabonis all took their respective turns haunting Cleveland in a myriad of ways. Honestly, uh, Murray and Herter, for example, were absolutely bonkers from outside, and of course Sabonis. Uh, you know, man, I don't know. It's just so damn frustrating. It, it really is. Uh, but Herter and and Murray. They they drilled a combined 11 triples on a staggering 64.7% from distance. What the actual fuck? Seriously, how do you let that happen? Uh, Fox was his speedy self on drives to the basket. We knew that would kind of be a problem because he's given, uh, he's given Cleveland issues in the past with his quickness and driving inside, drawing some contact. Um, and Sabonis, again, took advantage of them in the low post. Uh, offensively, the Cavs, I mean, they were okay tonight. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that was the issue. I wouldn't say that was the problem. Uh, I mean, if you want to look at the individual matchups, uh, you, you know, and, and and have your individual thoughts about that, that's okay. But they shot 49.5% from the field, including a very, very good 45.7% from three-point distance, uh, while also scoring 120, uh, 120 total points on the night. And and that's with the starting backcourt of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell shooting a combined 12 of 35 or 34.2% rather from the field. Everyone else kind of picked up the slack. And this honestly, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's kind of struggled the last couple of nights. I'm not going to lie. I think tonight, um, tonight Donovan finished. 7 of 21 from the field, including 4 of 9 from distance. And again, it's it's nice to see him knocking down the three ball at, at above 40%, uh, but you're just not getting enough production out of him. The efficiency just wasn't there. Ditto for Darius Garland, who was just 5 of 14 from the field on 3 of uh, three of 8 from three-point range. That is 37.5% from distance, but the efficiency just isn't there. The one thing that I can say about Darius, which was nice, is that he only turned the ball over once tonight, which, and I don't you know, cut it however you want to, that's a win because Darius has been turning the ball over at an alarming rate. So it was nice to see him cut those down. Um, you know, just frustrated, man. 
overall, this is just frustrating. But offensively, it just really wasn't appearing to be the issue. And then if you want to talk again about the turnovers, how they even limited the turnovers in general tonight to just 11, which is great, right? They took care of the ball. Um, They shot well from the floor tonight. They secured boards on both ends, and they still lost. And it all boiled down to a lack of perimeter defense and an inability to contain the Sacramento three ball. That's what it boiled down to. It honestly did. And the Kings executed their motion offense to a T against the Cavs. And, you know, take this for what you will, because you guys hear me say this all the live long day. I've been an avid supporter of head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, but I cannot lie. Let's call a spade a spade here. Mike Brown absolutely ran circles around J.B. Bickerstaff tonight. He outcoached him thoroughly, and it was clear as day. Uh, I, I can't sugarcoat it. That's coming from one of the bigger J.B. Bickerstaff supporters uh, you know that this team has in the fan base. I And I say that with all due respect. Tonight, Mike Brown, you know, former coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, thoroughly outclassed J.B. Bickerstaff. Just clear as fucking day. They were able to set screens for the three-point shooters. And, and Cleveland, I, I just don't get it. Cleveland dropped in coverage on so many of these, which just honestly plays in to their overall game plan. They want you to do that. And Cleveland obliged, right? We saw that far too often. We really did. I mean, you know, specifically a couple of these that come to mind, a couple of these sequences, they feature Jared Allen heavily. Like if you're Jared Allen on some of these, why are you dropping so far back on these? Like you are literally giving them the space to operate in that they want, and they will drop threes on your head all the live long day. That's exactly what they want you to do. Uh, when they switched, they often appear hesitant and half-hearted. It's just bad, man. Just, just bad. There were several miscues in that regard tonight. It was mind-blowing. Um, you know, they, they are now allowing opponents to shoot 39.1% from three-point distance, which currently ranks 26th in the league. Just abysmal. You have to fix that. It's becoming a recurring thing. It really is. Uh, some teams, and, and I'll just say this, some teams have been luckier than usual against the Cavs from distance, but tonight, honestly, it felt like the first time in a while that the Cavs really just gave it up, uh, you know, in, in regards to that. It honestly felt like they just were lackadaisical in that regard. And say, uh, you know, I really can't really say it any clearer than that. It all culminated in a 132 to 120 loss to the Kings, which stopped. Cleveland sadly to a disappointing four and six, uh, you know, and they're now just two and five against Sacramento in the JB Bickerstaff era. Just cannot have that, man. I don't know what it is about this Sacramento team and all credit where credit is due. They were phenomenal tonight. They usually bring the juice to the table, uh, you know, whenever they play Cleveland and, I got to give credit where credit's due, man. Mike Brown really knows what he's doing over there. He's really revolutionized that team. And it's clear that his time in Golden State absolutely elevated him, uh, you know, in in his coaching style. So props to him for for being able to turn that franchise around. I think they had the longest playoff drought prior to last season in NBA history. I think prior – 
uh, to last year's postseason. They had not made the playoffs th- since 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be incorrect on that, but uh, I, I think that's what I heard during the broadcast. So credit to him because he's got this team playing very, very well despite their record. And, you know, it should be noted that De'Aaron Fox missed some time, right? De'Aaron Fox, uh, his absence kind of got them off to a slow start. But now they're at five and four and they they could be off, you know, and, and they're making a run of their own, which is what you honestly want Cleveland to do, right? Um, it's still early. It, it really is early. And... Uh, you know, they conclude their West Coast trip with a matchup against the Portland Trailblazers where they can hopefully get things back on track. And But honestly, man, there has been a few times already in this very short season in which I thought they were getting back on track only for them to fall victim to old habits, right? And again, it's still really early, but as of right now, it's kind of too difficult to get too high or too low on this team. They have got to put together a run at some point in order for me to to, to feel ultra confident in their abilities, right? Um, just 10 games into the year. So I still remain rather optimistic for the overall uh, season outlook. I do not, I don't look at tonight's loss and say to myself, hey, they did A, B, and C terribly because it really just boiled down to a few things, right? Um, you know, the three point defense, the switching. Just not good. Everything else that we've been making huge points on, you know, big points of emphasis uh, in, in some of these losses that they've had, the rebounding, uh, you know, keeping keeping the opposition off the offensive glass, uh, the turnovers, the shooting. None of that was necessarily an issue tonight, and they still lost the game. And they lost it, and they allowed the team to score 132 points. If that, I, I really... Don't know what's more emblematic of, you know, of the loss it, as that right there. Committed 11 turnovers on the night. Uh, shot nearly 50% from the floor. Shot 45% from distance. You know, won the rebounding battle 39 to 37, and you still lost the game. Those are all real issues that we have tried to cover in the past, right? And they shored them up in this game, and they still walked away with an L just because they could not stop Sacramento from scoring, uh, you know, primarily from distance, but, you know, from the field overall, right? Again, those individual matchups, uh, you know, Jared Allen, Sabonis, that was that was a big-time matchup that I was looking forward to heading into the game because, you know, let's just call spade a spade here. Um, you know, Jared Allen and Evan Bubbly are both trying to beat those soft allocations in a game against you know, uh, an opponent like Sabonis, this was a good opportunity for for the bigs to really show themselves and, you know, make their presences felt. And I just didn't feel like that was necessarily the case. I feel like Sabonis took advantage of just about everybody he played against out there. And, you know, it showed on the stat sheet. Motherfucker almost had a triple-double on us. <laughs> you don't want that. You're, if you're allowing the center, you know, to, to drop a near triple-double on you, I don't know, man. And again, Sabonis, that's that's taking nothing away from him. He is a all-star level talent. He's phenomenal. Um, but you just can't have that, man. You cannot have Sabonis out here beating you like that when you're supposed to feature some very high-quality bigs yourself. I don't know. Very, very frustrating. 
Haven't lost hope for the season, obviously just 10 games in, but you just don't want to see these things continuously happen against good teams, right? And I consider, despite their five and four record, you know, prior to tonight, they were at uh, what, four and four, but prior to that, I, I still consider this Sacramento team a very good team. They just had been without De'Aaron Fox for a handful of games. So all in all, you know, this loss drops Cleveland down to uh, to 11th and then Eastern Conference standings. That's outside of play-in territory, right? And again, I cannot stress this enough. It's very, very early into the season. But what you don't want to do if you're the Cavaliers is dig yourself into a massive hole early in the year only to expend a ton of energy trying to climb outside of that hole. It's very much just like an individual basketball game. You let a lead pile up on you in the first half and then slowly and surely chip away at it in the second half. You will expend so, so much of your energy trying to, as I figure out, try to figure out where some of this sound is coming from. But uh, you will expend so much of your energy just trying to climb out of that hole that by the time you've climbed out of it, you may not have anything left to give. We've seen that play out so many times for teams. It just, you know, it's not great. You're four and six right now. Um, You're staggering to put together some consistency from a win-loss standpoint. Um, You know, and the teams ahead of you, they're not going away, right? As of right now, the teams ahead of the Cavs uh, in in regards to the plan right now is Orlando, who's been sneakily good to start the year out at five and four. Brooklyn, who Cleveland, you know, had a pretty uh, pretty tough matchup in in the first game of the season against. You got New York, who again, just from a stylistic standpoint, plays Cleveland very well, and then Toronto, right? Who's kind of a wild card in in what direction they're going to go in. Um, so you cannot dig yourself into a hole. And then you look at the teams that are behind Cleveland, Chicago, uh, you know, the Hornets there, these teams are not going to go away. You're, you have to make sure that you separate yourself from them so that you do have that cushion as the season wears on. And Cleveland, you know, they started the year off very, very unhealthy. You were without Jared Allen for, uh, you know, at least a handful of games. You were without Darius Garland for a little while. Donovan's missed some time. Karras has missed some time. You know, Isaac is still out, which definitely hurt, you know, not having him out there tonight to kind of face off against De'Aaron Fox. Um, but again, these are, you cannot use these excuses to, you know, to, to, to justify where you're at right now because we've seen Cleveland put together complete games. We've seen them be able to actually beat quality opponents, you know, whether it be Golden State, uh, you know, or somebody else. But you just you, you have to figure out how to figure uh, you have to figure out how to circumvent some of these things. Other teams do it. Why can't we? It's again still early on in the season, uh, too too early to sound all the alarms. But a loss like tonight definitely definitely stings. Um, it's late. I'm tired. As you if you guys uh, you know weren't already aware, it's about one o'clock. <laughs> I, I I I don't know, man. I look forward to this Portland matchup. I'm hoping that they can get on the right track here, uh, you know, and start putting together some wins because you just, again, you cannot let these things stack up and and have to dig yourself into a hole. As you're looking ahead here, you do have the matchup with Portland. You do have Detroit uh, and then off to Denver, you know, uh, that is at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But 
These are tough matchups. And then you see in Philly, you're seeing Miami, you're seeing LA. You know, you get a two-game reprieve, and then it's right back to quality level competition. So figure it out, Cavs. Um, like I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you know how you can. It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the It's uh, it's Cavalier exclusive Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I'll send you an invite. That said, go Cavs. Have a good night.